Let me introduce our guest right now, Advocate Tertius of Vessels of Strategy Labor Solutions, as we talk. Can employees be held liable for employee data breach uh, conduct? Thank you very much for joining us, Tertius. Good evening, Patricia, and good evening to your listeners. Tertius, tell us firstly what you at Strategy Labor Solutions do. So Strategy Labor Solutions is a um, one-stop human capital shop for employers. Um, we insist we assist employers in ensuring that they comply with the various legislation that governs employee in the workplace, be this the Labor Relations Act, Employment Equity, Skills Development, or Triple BEE. Um, and our aim is to basically ensure that employers are, have the necessary um, skills and expertise readily available to them so that they are able to deal with um, employment-related matters on a day-to-day basis effectively and fairly. So these are services really required, especially at this time where we are faced with COVID-19 and a lot of employers and employees' relationships have really fizzled um, when it comes to how things are done because there's a new normal, online working, off-site working and the likes. Now, we are talking specifically today about, um, you know, the, the, the breach of um, employee data conduct. Um, and, and I am aware that Parliament did put together... Uh, an act which was the Protection of Personal Information Act, POPIA. Um, Could you tell us more about this act, please? Yeah, so essentially the purpose of the Protection of Personal Information Act is to protect people from harm um, by protecting their personal information. So it kind of aims to stop um, their money from being stolen, to stop their identity from being stolen, and just generally protecting people's privacy, which is ultimately a right that we have in terms of our constitution. Now, in order to provide people with this protection, the Protection of Personal Information Act sets out various conditions um, for when it is lawful for somebody to process someone else's personal information. Um, and I think one of the, the biggest examples that come to mind is that um, Poppy aims to um, provide rights to people when it comes to unsolicited electronic communication, um, where people now have the right to either opt in or rather opt out of receiving this direct marketing communication. But likewise, employers and businesses are processing personal information on a daily basis, be it employee information, customer supplier information. And that information is being entrusted to us as employers or as a business for a specific purpose. And what Poppy seeks to do is protect that and ensure that that information is not being utilized for any other purpose than what it was intended for. You know, Tertius, the thing that uh, surprises me is the fact that despite all these acts that have been put together by uh, Parliament, we still find, um, we still get calls and messages and emails that solace for business. So could this be then uh, linked to our employees or our employers? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of... um a lot of employers and a lot of employees especially that do not always understand what the legislation means and how it goes about protecting their rights. 
And it's also for one of these reasons that there is an um, information regulator um, that is created in terms of the Act. And it's the responsibility of the information regulator to ultimately ensure that employers are complying with the provisions of the POPI legislation. And it also serves as a channel for employees to lodge their complaints where they feel that their personal information is not being treated in the manner that it's supposed to, where they can lodge complaints and the um, information regulator can then investigate it in order to determine the extent of any non-compliance. Ultimately, um, you know, businesses face um, any one of two legal penalties or consequences um, if they do not comply with poppy, and that can range from a fine or imprisonment of between 1 million and 10 million rand, or 1 to 10 years jail time, and even paying compensation to individuals for any damages that they might have suffered. But over and above this, there's always the risk of reputational damage, losing customers, um, and failing to attract new customers. Because ultimately, as consumers or as employees, um, trust is a very big element for us when we are engaging um, with another party. And where we can feel that there's transparency and there's trust and we know what's being done with our information, that obviously will go a long way for businesses. We are talking to Tertius Vessels, who is um, an advocate at Strategy Labour Solutions. And we are looking at the issue of employees' uh, data breach conduct and who should be held liable. Uh, should employers be held liable? Well, uh, Tertius is giving us an understanding of the Poppy Act and um, how we can go about this. I'm sure you are no different from me uh, as an A-teamer that sometimes you get frustrated with the calls and the SMS and the emails that you receive around um, advertising and people soliciting uh, business opportunities. And you ask yourself, where on earth did you get my number? I keep on asking that question and no one answers. Well, uh, Tertius is talking to us about this uh, this evening. A-teamers, let me remind you that you can get in touch and ask your questions on uh, 011-714-2006 or on 011-714-4045. You can SMS 41391 or WhatsApp 0614104107. Now, Tertius, you know, with organizations, um, we are aware that companies need to be very mindful and careful on how they collect information and uh, why, the, the, the importance, the why behind collecting it and sorting it and storing it. But now, how do we then get to the crux of who actually uh, leaked our personal information to external advertising companies and the likes? Yeah, so I mean that that obviously will always depend on um, the findings of an of an investigation that gets conducted. Interestingly enough, um, a data breach is not specifically defined in poppy legislation, but we generally understand it to refer to the access or acquisition of personal information by an unauthorized um, person. So where this data breach then occurs, there's an obligation on a responsible party. So um, if we look at the workplace environment, that would be the employer to report any breach that does occur um, to the information regulator as well as the person whose information um, is ultimately affected. Um, 
And it's only once these incidents are reported and properly investigated that we will ultimately be able to determine where the fault lies or who is responsible for this data breach. Um, And the reality is that employers um, have an increased liability because if we look at the common law doctrine of vicarious liability, it means that an employer is ultimately the one that is liable for the wrongful acts or omissions by their employee. And what Poppy does is say, yes, there is that um, common law doctrine, but now Poppy creates a statutory um, doctrine of vicarious liability in terms of which the people affected and who suffer harm as a result of the data breach can ultimately institute civil action against um, business or employer. Now, should uh, they be found that there is a breach and, uh, as you are mentioning, that the employer ultimately uh, becomes liable vicariously for the employer's um, actions, what would the process be against the employee? So there the employer would have to ultimately ascertain first and foremost What did the employer put in place to ensure that the employee knows and understands what their duties and responsibilities are and obligations are when it comes to um, processing of personal information? So ultimately, if business does not have the necessary policies in place or the necessary rules and procedures that govern the processing of information, it will become difficult for an employer to take action against an employee. Um, generally, we find that uh, most contracts of employment do make provision for um, employees not to disclose any um, confidential or private information. And when the employee does um, commit such a wrongdoing, it may very often lead to their dismissal following the finalization of a disciplinary case. Earlier you mentioned investigations and uh, what I'd like to find out, if I'm the consumer or the individual whose uh, personal information has been breached, what would the process be for me to file for this investigation against an, um, an organization that has breached my information? So the information regulator will ultimately um, make available a specific code of conduct um, that will direct individuals as to how to go about um, formally lodging their complaint in order for same to be investigated and where there's wrongdoing, what the process will be that the information regulator will follow in order to institute um, a claim for damages against the business. Um, it also depends um, if whether or not I'm an employee claiming damages or whether I'm, I'm a consumer claiming damages because ultimately we do also need to understand that there are other legislation that might be at play as well. So, for example, um, when it comes to a retail kind of environment, um, the Consumer Protection Act also guides um, consumers as to what their rights are and how they can go about enforcing um, their rights. Mm. Uh, let me remind a teamers that we are available on our WhatsApp line, which is 0614104107, or you can SMS on 41391. If you'd like to call in and ask your questions or make your comments, uh, Vessel, Vessels, uh, um, Tertius Vessels, his last name is Vessels, uh, of Strata G Labor Solutions is available, and we are talking employees, um, 
that can be held liable for uh, data breach conduct. Um, the number to dial is 06 011 Now, you know, Tertius, another question here. When we look at this particular act, right, does it mean that we are not safe when we complete the so-called access forms that we uh, find in different places where we we get access to either it's financial information or one of our retail organizations or a company that gives us a product or a service? Should we not then fill these out? Because some of them want us to provide our ID numbers and our telephone numbers and our email addresses and the likes. Yeah, and I think that is when people are going to start questioning um, why people are wanting certain information. Um, you know, we often go and visit um, security estates, and you will find that you have to basically disclose everything from your address to your ID number, to your blood type, to your race, to your gender, to your sexual orientation, just to, in order to gain access into the security complex in order to go and visit, visit somebody. And then the question starts arising, but isn't that excessive processing of personal information? Do you really need all that information for the purpose that I'm entering into an estate, as an example? And I think that's where we're going to find a lot of people maybe start questioning. And obviously, businesses are also going to have to take a step back and determine why is it that I'm asking for this information? What is the purpose of this information? Because the more information you collect as a business or as an employer, the greater your responsibility to implement the necessary measures to safeguard that information um, at the end of the day. So I think it's going to force people to do a proper analysis of their business to identify where am I getting all my information, why am I collecting it, is it really necessary, and what is the purpose behind it? Because ultimately, um, as individuals or as consumers and employees, we have to give informed consent, um, which means we need to understand what are you doing with my information, what are you going to use it for, how are you going to store it, how long are you going to store it, because only when I know this am I able to effectively protect my rights. But we are aware that right now, due to COVID-19, absolutely every single place we go to, as long as there's public access into that place, we're filling out forms that require our ID numbers, our age, it requires our temperatures, it requires our addresses and our cell phone numbers. Could this possibly create an issue around the Puppy Act? Um, I don't see it necessarily creating a, an issue. Um, obviously, we need to understand that the, this information that we are required to give upon entering various premises is ultimately necessary in order to protect our own interests as data subjects or as, as the individuals and in order to ensure that we, the government can ultimately um, fulfill its obligations in terms of legislation or in this case regulations that have been promulgated. So there's a, there's a bigger interest at play and there's a specific rationale behind why that information is necessary because in the absence of that information, it will make contract, um, contact tracing a lot more difficult um, and that ultimately 
as the consequences of um, COVID-19 spreading um, and not being contained as quickly as it would otherwise um, be able to. Now, we are aware in terms of the fines that uh, employers can get um, that range up to 10 million rands. Is this to scare the companies or is it really for real? Because we've heard of uh, a lot of, you know, fines imposed, especially in our country. But do they ever get implemented and paid? Yeah, and then I think that's what we, we will have to wait and see. Obviously, I think those um, fines... Uh, obviously for the most severe cases at the end of the day. But the legislation itself makes provision for various types of transgression. So, for example, if you prohibit the information regulator from inspecting your premises, that constitutes a violation. For that, there's a specific um, monetary fine or even imprisonment that can be imposed. Um, the extent to which uh, we're going to be able to ultimately prosecute those fines and actually take businesses to task by getting a summons or getting an order, um, getting a writ of execution in order to give effect to that fine, we'll have to wait and see. Have any companies been fined though? Um, No. So at this point in time, um, although Poppy has been around since 2013, um, most of all the remaining provisions have only now recently come into effect as from the 1st of July 2020. Um, but there's a saving grace for businesses in as far as there's a 12-month grace period in order for businesses to do what they need to do in order to ensure that they comply with Poppy. And um, we've seen how time has flown by um, with the lockdown being in play as well. So effectively, there's only about eight months left. And if businesses have not taken steps to ensure that they are going to be compliant at the end of the day, they might be in um, hot water. Mm. Okay, so hot water, then companies beware. But this is obviously also um, an, uh, sort of like an incentive for organizations to make sure that their employees are well-trained and are able to handle and dispose of personal information from their customers and clientele. I think we cannot underestimate the importance of training employees. Um, ultimately, as a business, I cannot do anything. It is the employees that are representatives of the business that is responsible for the processing of the information, for the storing of it, disseminating it, um, destroying it, etc. And employees need to know and understand what their obligations are, what are the do's, what are the don'ts. And that's going to be a continuous cycle of training because like any other new legislation, we still have to see our courts interpreting the legislation and um, giving judgment on the legislation and how that legislation should be interpreted or practically applied within businesses. And as those court cases come, come along, there's going to be a need for further training further training definitely are there going to be seaters who are going to uh, partake in this training because obviously i mean uh, companies need to make sure that they are adhering to their own internal policies and uh, fighting against you know maybe finances lost due to COVID 19 and the lockdown will they have capacity for this additional training 
No, so I think that it's something that businesses need to invest in. Um, ultimately, there is a lot of incentive for businesses to upskill their workforce, um, and that's we have seen through the various features um, that, that exist that um, employers are paying on a monthly basis their skills development levies, and they are able to claim back some of those levies that they pay, provided that they can upskill. And I think now it's more important than ever that we focus on training. Employees are our biggest asset. No business can ultimately survive without its employees. And with many businesses having retrenched a number of employees as a result of COVID, retaining those skills that you have at this point in time is so more crucial. Mm. I've got a message here from an A-teamer uh, via um, WhatsApp and the A-teamer is saying, isn't it almost uh, not entirely always true that we are data subjects um, giving information, informed consent hurriedly to get services such as loans? Most forms that we fill stipulate that our data may be shared with others, but we readily obliged to get what we want immediately. We have no choice. It's the Hobson's choice. Isn't that informed consent? Yeah, so I mean, informed consent ultimately means that you know and understand why you're giving your information, who's going to have access to that information, how it's going to be utilized, etc. But you are going to find situations where a data subject might not necessarily want to give consent um, or formal consent um, for their personal information to be collected. And in those circumstances, there are certain exceptions. So if the processing of personal information is maybe necessary in order to um, give effect to an agreement that um, I've entered into with a data subject, then I'm permitted to, to process that personal information. Or if there is an obligation imposed upon me um, as the responsible party um, in law to process certain information, then I can do so without um, necessarily having the consent of the data subject. Or if there's a legitimate interest um, that I need to protect, the interest of the data subject. So there are those exceptions, but in most cases you will find and it's like uh, any person buying a home or a um, car, you know, we often get these contracts and all great and well and it's fine prints and um, all deals with the Consumer Protection Act and National Credit Act, etc. But we hardly ever read those agreements because as consumers, we've come to accept that if I don't sign this or if I don't do that, I'm not going to get... Um, you know, my car or my house. And I think if people are going to adopt the same mindset when it comes to their personal information, they're placing themselves at risk when it comes to issues like identity theft, etc. We saw it with one of, um, with Experian, where there was almost, I think it was 23 million South Africans, personal information that was being dumped in the dark web. Um, and that poses a real risk for us as individuals. And that's why there is this need for everybody to know and understand, treat my information um, with the privacy that I need to, and make sure that I know why I'm giving that information to somebody else. 
Now, you know, when we are looking at this uh, particular Poppy Act, uh, I'd, I'd like us after the break to go into the fact that we in South Africa experienced a breach um, in the credit bureaus and what this has done to organizations that deal with data, especially customer data. But we'll do that after the break, uh, Tertius. This is SAFM leading the late night conversations. The time is 10 minutes to 11. At 11 o'clock, Zolegat Kodasha will come in with the final news bulletin for the evening. And after that, it will be closet conversations. But we are zooming in on Clairvoyant Medium Mondays because, yes, it is a Monday. And Deborah Fete will be joining us. Let me remind you to keep these numbers on your speed dial 011-714-2006 alternatively 011-714-4045 you can also whatsapp on 0614-104-107 Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli Monday to Thursday 10pm till midnight 104 to 107 nationwide or on DSTV channel 814. This is SAFM leading the conversation and we are the late night conversation at this uh, side of the equator, the best show in the evening. We are talking to advocate Tertius Vessels of Strategy Labor Solutions and uh, the topic of discussion. We are looking at uh, the fact that is it possible that employers can be held liable for employee data breach conduct? Uh, before the break, I was asking Tertius to please just tell us how companies are feeling here in South Africa, especially after we experienced, you know, a breach in um, personal information from the credit bureaus. Tertius, could you please just uh, let us know if this has caused, you know, a bit of fire under every organization to just really be compliant? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if that is not a, a wake-up call for for businesses and organizations. Um, you know, it, it, it's only going to really hit home the day when they are the victim of a data breach or a cyber attack. Um, and we've seen a lot of businesses turn their focus around to putting into place, um, you know, response plans as to how they, how they would personally deal with a situation um, should a data breach occur because I think more than anything else it's that reputational harm um, that you, you ultimately will struggle to recover from. So for everything else, you know, there's a possibility of taking out some form of insurance that could potentially cover um, any claims for damages, um, violation, etc. But to come back from that reputational harm, um, consumers distrusting you can ultimately hurt the business in the long run. Wow, definitely can hurt the business in the long run and companies need to make sure that they are compliant. Now, in terms of the process that you were explaining to us earlier as consumers, how we can um, file for an investigation against the company, do you think that these investigations are, are quick enough? Because honestly, if you were to ask me, I'm actually tired of the calls that I'm getting and people calling me by my last name and, you know, and I ask, where on earth did you get my details? And no one ever response so how quick you know, are these processes so the you know when it comes to the the issue of direct marketing um, those processes should be actually a lot 
um, quicker going forward. You know, currently you you find yourself in a situation where you're either getting calls or you're getting emails, and you're still sitting with the situation where you have to actually opt out of receiving the mails, or you have to actually tell the person on the other line, please remove my data from your database. Do not contact me again. Um, where once the legislation comes to effect next year, you basically have to opt in firstly. Um, so it's no long, it won't be that easy um, for people in, in respect of direct marketing um, just to approach you and hound you uh, all the time. Um, and the same thing I think will apply to um, any other um, aspect of our lives is that we just make sure that we ultimately know what we, what our, where our information is because we need to understand as the data subjects um, and the people whose personal information is at play that we do have the right to ask a um, responsible party to delete our information um, and to correct any obsolete or incorrect information. Um, and we need to exercise those rights and where um, the responsible party does not um, play ball, then we need to see those complaints through. Um, obviously, it is going to be something new and um, I'm very sure that it will receive um, much needed attention. Whether or not that will be maintained in the long run, we'll have to wait and see. Now, you know, uh, Tertius, in terms of the Poppy Act, does it, um, you know, uh, put liable or accountable some of these um, app companies that actually identify people's names, surnames, or companies' names and surnames? Because I was actually quite shocked when someone saved my number over the weekend on their phone, and as they were saving it, it mentioned my name, my last name, and where I work, and I was taken aback. And I asked myself, where on earth did this particular app get my information? So does the Poppy Act, um, you know, hold such companies or online companies accountable? So you see, and the other reality that we also have to um, have to face is that, you know, they always say, you know, once you've um, posted something on social media, you might be able to delete it, but it will ever be on Google. Um, so certain information um, will be readily available in public um, domain or public spaces. Um, you know, as, as a business, we, we did a pro, um, almost a promotion or a, we tried to assist businesses during the, the initial lockdown stage, stages by providing access to our legal experts. And through that, we had made available some of their personal information, names, cell phones, um, email addresses, etc. And that will now forever be available um, in public domain if somebody just goes and digs, um, you know, deep enough. So it's really understanding where that information was sourced from, who gained access to it, and what was the reason why they had posted it at the end of the day. And unless we're going to ask those questions, we won't really know. And we'll just accept it as, you know, this is just another person that got my number from somewhere or somebody that bought a database um, containing a whole bunch of personal information. But that sale of databases in the times where, um, you know, we sell our book, so to speak, 
Um, that's not that's been for a long time. It has not been legal to do that. As individuals, uh, Tertius, should we be concerned when it comes to this particular act? Sorry, Patricia, I didn't hear you. As individuals, not just looking at uh, organizations now, the individuals, should we be concerned uh, around the Poppy Act? Um, no, I think we, we should actually be thankful for the Poppy Act um, in as far as its purpose is concerned. Ultimately, it is there to protect us from any harm, and it imposes an obligation on those that process our information to safeguard that information and to actually now put in place steps that will ensure the safeguarding of our information and that that information is not processed for any other reason um, than the reasons it was provided for in the first place. So I think consumers, employees will welcome it. Um, A lot of business will obviously look at the act and say, you know, this is going to become a costly exercise for me as a business. And we'll have to wait and see whether or not those businesses are actually going to take steps or they're simply going to ignore um, Poppy. Thank you so very much for joining us this evening, uh, Tertius Vessels. Please just give us the contact details of strategy should we need to, uh, to get more information around Poppy Act or get assistance in applying for, um, you know, an investigation. People are welcome to contact us on 011-462-5408. Alternatively, they can send through an email to inquiries at strategy.co.za. Thank you so very much uh, for joining us. Have a great evening. Thank you, Patricia. You too. Let's uh, go on to Zolega Kodashi. Good evening, Zolega.